Yeah, okay. Uh, so welcome, guys, to another interview with uh, Ruin Rider, the legendary Ruin Rider. Uh, Ruin Rider, thanks for coming on to the show, man. No uh, worries. No worries. A- any, any questions? Absolutely, any questions. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you're right now, to those who don't know you, I'm assuming everyone in the country knows who you are. Uh, you can just keep a introduction. Introduce myself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my name's Harley Johnstone. I'm 45 years of age. I was born 23rd of August, 1977. And I currently am in Chiang Mai, Thailand. I live in Adelaide, Australia. And I've traveled the world with my bicycle the last 21 years. And uh, work as a YouTuber, work as an author, and do just enjoy cycling. I've never, ever had a driver's license. And uh, yeah, just love introducing people into the cycling lifestyle, the healthy lifestyle, the vegan, vegetarian, low-fat, weight-loss lifestyles. And uh, just, just enjoy helping people with their health and their fitness Things like that. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. I'm retired. I don't need to work. Um, I only work because I love what I do, but I don't need to do it for the money. So, yeah. So, what, what's up with you right now? You are now in Shanghai. Uh, in KL recently, I saw some of your pictures. Uh, what's up? Uh, what's happening and what's the plan for you? Um, I, I had an injury. I've had an injury, a spinal cord injury the last three years. Um, I was attacked from behind from a uh, super fan slash stalker. He attacked me from behind with no warning, so I got, he slammed me head first in the concrete. And so I've had a spinal cord issue uh, from that, and it's gotten worse, so I've had to come to Asia to get some treatment and just get some warm weather on the muscles, and it's, it's helped reduce the pain. So I haven't been able to train much in the last three years, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so in Chiang Mai, just enjoying the Thai food here and the massage and been getting some treatments done here and uh yeah kale was good it's good to be back in kale again i have some really really good durian so yeah just uh just living the uh living my lifestyle as i do mm. singapore not this trip i've been there before i've cycled from singapore to chiang mai thailand uh singapore was good but not enough hills and uh not enough durian trees, so Singapore was good, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but Malaysia, I love right, Malaysia. So Malaysia's great. Yeah, awesome, man. I, I hope to see you in Singapore sometime. Yeah, yeah. New, uh, oh, if we if we're he- uh, heading down there, I'll hit you up. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, so we've got about ten questions that all of you have submitted on uh, Instagram and YouTube. So Any well, questions? Absolutely, everything. Everything's on topic <laughs> with me. Why do I eat durian? Yeah. Uh, I love it, man. Oh, the Monica Durian Rider. Um, I didn't create that name. That was created with some, some Thai some Thai riders who call me Durian Rider, and I just sort of went with that because I eat durian and ride bike. But I love durian, yeah. I love the fruit durian. It's it's hard to get quality these days. The durian is the quality's hit and miss. So if, you, if you've tried durian and you don't like it it simply means you haven't yet had a good durian when you have a good durian you'll be like wow now i understand 
Simple as that. And I, I, people can disagree with me, but they're going to be wrong. A good durian, a good durian is spiritual awakening. <laughs> it's like wow. What's that? The durian Adelaide, we get some Malaysian durian. It's pretty good. But I'm very, very fussy. I'm very, very fussy. So I, I rarely eat durian outside of Malaysia. You know, Malaysia has the best durian. Thailand has some okay durian here and there. But Malaysia is the most consistent. And next would be the Philippines. Mm. And Vietnam right. as well has got right. some good durian. Right. <laughs> next question. Uh, how did you would like to know how many bananas until this bike becomes lighter? How many bananas what? Oh, so I couldn't hear the my, my microphone's a bit. The bananas. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but the the question, yeah. the how many how many bananas? Uh, let me have a look at that question list you sent me. I think it was on there. Um, let me let me get it up here. Could you could you my mask? Oh, I think it's just the. Do you, have, do you have those questions you can send it to me? And I can just... Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, that's good. I can, yeah. I can read it as we go. And you can ask me any, absolutely any questions, any topic. Not does controversy is my middle name. <laughs> send it. Uh, yeah, here we go, here we go. Oh, yeah, so... How many bananas till the bite becomes lighter... Um, the bike always becomes heavier every banana because it's you got you got the banana weight on there. So the bicycle can't make the bike lighter. If you want to make it lighter, get rid of the disc brakes and put on the rim brakes. <laughs> but do you think rim brakes are dead? Rim brakes are definitely dying. Uh, it is the trend is ninety nine percent disc brake now for brand new bikes. The big bike brands are cancelling. Uh, rim brakes uh, this, this road disc is here to stay and I only a few small companies are really doing rim brake like wind space they're still doing some some rim brake options for road so but I do think it's going to be cancelled out unfortunately but there's still a lot of rim brake products out there rim brake wheels new and used near new rim brake frames group sets it it you know, you're going to have rim brake stock for at least another 40 years or more, right? So, and high, high level performing product, like top quality, like Durace, SRAM Red, SRAM Force, rim brake groups that's out there, mechanical, they're going to last for a long, 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 long time. I mean, I use eight-speed Durace, and it's from what, 1991 STI, and it's still going, okay? So that's like, what's that, 30, 31 years, so... We're going to have a lot of product out there for a long, long time. So there's, there's no worries about that. It's going to be cheap. It's getting cheaper every day. The best products are getting cheaper every day. Because it, do you know that you are, the Shimano has came out with a new trial speed and it came out with a rim brake, right? Yes. That's a rim right now. So what do you think of that? Like, you know, if they think that this brake are Oh, because that's what they did with their with their mountain bike group sets. They would have V brake XTR for a few seasons afterwards. You know, there was still a V brake rim brake option for mountain bike XT XTR group sets. 
But I mean, yeah, discs for dirt makes sense. You know, like I like disc brakes on my gravel bike and my mountain bike because I ride in the mud. But I don't do mud rides on my road bike that often. So, you know, it's uh, it's, it'll be fine. There's no, you know, there's no, there's, there'll be no shortage of rim brake group sets and parts for at least 30, 40 years. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I have about 40 high-end road bikes, uh, mountain bikes, and a few in the mountain bikes in there as well. Uh, the bike I have with me on this trip is a, it's, the brand is, uh, it's, um, it's an OEM frame that I've been selling. It's a, uh, what's it called? <laughs> Light bike. Um, Yishin, it's a Yishin LCR 007. And it's a OEM frame that Phil Guymon used to use, a naive, naive oh, sorry, no, Nove frame set. Uh, it's a very nice frame set. It does have integrated seat posts, uh, sorry, yeah, proprietary seat posts, but it's been fine. And I've got a SRAM red 10-speed group set on there with a Windspace Hyper front wheel and a DT Swiss Monchasserale ceramic rear wheel on there. So it's about 6.7 kilos with XTR pedals. And it's a very nice bike. I like to ride that one. I didn't bring my wind space because I didn't want to have it damaged in case, you know, this this bike I've got now is my holiday bike. It's so fast, so it's really good. Which bike? What do you think about bike that costs a you know, I mean, you know, the people who own the bike shops, they they gotta put their kids through private school, you know. You know, private school ain't cheap, you know? And that's okay. Like it's, you know, dentists and barristers, they'll, they'll ride whatever is trending. You know, that's fine. Like it's, bicycle is like art and people, many people don't want to ride a bike that's 10 years old, that's faster than today's bikes and is super light, but it's 10 years old and it's not the latest fashion. So they want to have the latest. Doesn't, they don't care if it's, better, if it's worse performing or high maintenance costs. They don't care. They just want to be the latest bike. And that's okay. Like, you know, they maybe ride a thousand k a year or five thousand k a year, and they'll buy the S Works SL Seven because it's the latest and greatest, you know. And and that's what makes them happy, and, and I'm ha- I'm happy for them, you know. But if people ask me what's the best performing bike for road bike, I'm gonna say yeah, rim brake, you know, the old tarmacs, not the new ones, the old ones. That's just the truth. So it, bicycle it can be art or it can be performance, and for me, I'm performance focused. Pragma, yeah, Pragma's, Pragma's, I'm still, I've still got Pragma going, but with COVID and the delays in shipping, I didn't want to have any customer say, hey, where's my frame? You know, you said a a week ago, now it's been a month, like what's going on? I didn't, I want, I want to have reliable shipping and it's starting to almost get there. And then when it's there 100%, then I will restart the brand. In the meantime, I've been selling the Windspace frame, which is, yeah, very, very good as well. You know, they're all pretty much the same at that at, at, uh, that level, top tier level. Um, so yeah, that's that's my little thing. I just wanted to have a custom f- f- painted design for people. I was inspired by Trex Project One, and I found a supplier, a few suppliers actually, in China who supply for some very very big brands. I can't mention who, but you know, Tour de France level, and they just they were doing some stock and said, hey, we can supply you. Are you interested? So yeah, you know. Um, so I would definitely. I uh, 
got some leads from some ex-specialised employees. They told me where to get frames from, and I went to these places, and yeah, they've been doing some some great, great product for me. And all my customers are very, very happy. So yeah, disc brake gravel bike and the rim brake road. Okay, well, so we'll just continue with the question. So yes. The first question. Have you seen different parts of the world? Any differences or similarities between cycling from that you have noticed? Yes. So I have seen many different parts of the world as a cyclist. The differences or similarities, it's all the same. Hey, like with so I should say with road cycling, you have your doctors and your lawyers and your barristers. You know they ride bikes, the expensive bikes, and they it's like golf for them. It's social and it's fun, and that's great. And then you have your, you know your you guys who are in high school or university and they're super, super lean and they're the, they're the guys who are watching my videos, they've got power meters and they eat high carb and they're so lean and fast and, you know, they just, they know what's going on, you know, they're, they're educated and they're riding the rim brake stuff or, you know, just the, the lightweight, you know, super bikes that didn't cost much at all but performing incredible and then you have the people who are like on a, on a brand new cyclist who don't know much and, you know, and they're learning. And so you have that in every community and it's fantastic to watch that. You know, it's just like a big, a cultural mix of different types of beliefs and demographics. You've got people who earn, you know, $10 a day riding with people who are earning $1,000 a day. Like, you know, if you're in Thailand or in Australia, you have people who have no job, <laughs> they live on welfare and they'll be riding with the barristers. So it's, it's, it's really cool how you have the demographics mixing together with the common interest of just riding a bike. So it's cool. What beginner tips would I advise for bikes, the brand? I've done a lot of videos about this on my YouTube channels, uh, in my ebook. But yeah, it's a great question and it's an always an important question. Let's answer it again. Um, it is, I would say, I would say, if you want to get into fitness, lose weight, be fast, be faster, get a road bike, get a rim brake road bike, get like a Trek and Monda, a specialized tarmac, always rim brake. Uh, if you want the lightest, the best performing, easiest to maintain, cheapest deal, rim brake, best feeling, they feel incredible, better than disc, disc feels too sluggish for road. And so, yeah, I'd recommend a Trekamonda rim brake, specialized tarmac or a specialized Roubaix rim brake. Depends on your flexibility. If you have, maybe you've got a fused neck, you've got fused C6, C5, C7 vertebrae, and you can't ride a slammed low setup like, you know, me or freaking Adam Hansen or someone. You want like a specialized Roubaix with a, a more stack height or a Cervelo RS or a Cervelo r5 with like a or r3 with a flip stem like these bikes are incredible to ride and you can get them for about a thousand dollars usd all over the world from a barrister from a lawyer you know they're, they're almost near new mint condition they sit in the garage or the lounge room and they get dusty and and they end up on facebook marketplace eventually and you snap them up and they're incredible bikes but you always want to drop the fork out and check for any cracks or the ring of death um, and if you get if it's your, if it's your brand new first bike, I'd recommend just get alloy, because you're gonna have crashes and carbon brakes so easy. So just stick with alloy frame, with an alloy steerer, all right, like a Cannondale CAD four, CAD five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, CAD twelve Cannondale or a Specialized Elay or a Trek Amonda ALR. That's a fantastic bike. The Trek Amonda ALR, what a great bike, rim brake. 
Start with just there you go. Just get one of those Trek Amonda ALR inbrake. You know you can't go wrong. Thousand bucks USD, one hundred five, fifty eight hundred or R seven thousand series one hundred five. You're good to go. You know the wheels on there are pretty good. They've got good sealed bearings. You put some Continental GP five thousand tires on there in a twenty three or twenty five mil. You're good to go. You know, for pennies compared to the latest Trek Amonda SLR. You know, which is in my opinion a bucket of junk. Sex sells. <laughs> Why we yeah, can we see more bikes than Natasha? I've got a I've got a cycling channel, doing a lot of cycling tips, um, which is you know okay cycling facts. That is uh, we just don't have much girl stuff on there. We have mostly just bikes. But hey, that's why I lose subscribers or gain subscribers because people maybe subscribe to see me, or they don't want to see Natasha. They sub they subscribe to see Natasha and not me, and, or they subscribe to see cycling but not running and vice versa. So. My subscribers come and go, but my views just keep, keep gaining up over the time. Uh, but yeah, some people, yeah, I can't please everyone. I get that. That's why I do so much content for everyone. I try and cover all the topics, you know, all the topics. Okay, number one, the next one, question five. <clears throat> I feel adamant that Phil Guy is an epic scheme. Yeah, Cookie Man, uh, Phil Guy Mon, he's a, a good friend of mine uh, from <laughs> Los Angeles there. And uh, yeah, I I, you know, I I admire Phil for his efforts on the bike, and I think he's great for cycling awareness and, and great for um, you know getting people out on bikes and hyping up the Strava. And and I, you know I I want to see Phil safe. I don't, I want to see him keep going. I want to see him have longevity. But there's no doubt in my mind, in my opinion, I do not believe that Phil Gaimon is not using some sort of oxygen vector oxygen vector enhancement products you know i'm not saying i wouldn't put my life on it i mean sorry i would put my life on it but i don't have any proof of years like i don't have any proof that santa claus doesn't exist all right i don't believe santa claus is real i don't believe feels what's per kilo at certain times of the year is natural all right and i have a lot of experience with peds i have friends who use epo <clears throat> i've used performance enhancing drugs myself not epo but the anabolics and you know i measure my blood values and I've been using a power meter for since 2009 and I trained with guys who use stuff and I've raced with, you know, like it's, I don't believe, I don't believe Phil when he says he's clean. I don't believe his tattoo matches his watts per kilo at certain times of the year. And now a lot of people out there might believe it. Some people believe Santa Claus exists. I'm just, I'm a skeptic, you know, that's, that's what I've got to say on that one. And I, I don't care if he uses EPO, you know, like, but just get rid of the tattoo, Phil, all right? Just get rid of the tattoo, okay? Like, okay, yeah, you, you were clean as a pro, I get that. And that's why I didn't get a, a contract again and again. I get that. But when you come along and beat Tom Danielson's times and you beat guys on EPO's times who are more genetically gifted than you, but you come along and beat them and you claim natural, I just don't believe it. When you beat Tyler Hamilton's time up Mount Washington when Tyler Hamilton is a Tour de France contender, blasting EPO all year long, you know, and lighter than you on a lighter bike and you beat his time up Mount Washington, I don't believe Phil is natural. There's just some things you can't do as a natural cyclist. And one of them is to beat Tyler Hamilton, is to beat Tom Danielson all right, up a hill, you know. That's not possible in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think I want to go for it. But what do you think about the current Peloton? 
Yeah. Oh, no one's clean at the top. You can't be. Like, it's, it's too much money involved. Like, if if there's there's just too much. Like, this is this is people's jobs. Like, if 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 Phil doesn't smash fast times, he loses money. All right. He, he, he Phil's marketing prowess, his marketing skill, is his fitness, his performance. The better he performs, the more money he gets paid because he gets more views on YouTube and sponsors want to get on, on that, all right? Simple as that. If, if Phil's getting 10th on the leaderboard of Strava, who cares about that? No one really cares too much. If he's winning or beating doped up times, you know, people are like, oh, this is cool. So same, if you win the Tour de France, it's not possible, in my opinion, to do it as a natural rider. All right? And again, I don't believe Santa Claus exists. I don't believe it's possible to win Wimbledon as a natural tennis player. I don't believe it's possible to set the world record marathon as a natural runner. I don't believe it. Okay. History's proven us certain things. There's just a limit you can do natural. Okay. And if your hemoglobin's a certain level, you can't do that naturally. Altitude, no. You need to have, it's just the body's not designed for these levels of performances. Okay. It can only do it with pharmaceutical assistance, in my opinion. <laughs> so, when I saw that video when you did that tweet test, I think he became, he kind of blown up into the YouTube page, but I started interviewing people who had the SL7. I started asking them to press on the SL7 and I showed them your video. And uh, what do you have to say about that? Like, do you have good amount of effort? Are you convinced that the SL7 downfield is really fast? Well, I have a very, very strong hand. Like, my testosterone levels are very, very, very high. They're four times higher than the average guy. Um, exogenously reasons why. So I didn't think I was pushing that hard. You know, I, I felt like I could have definitely cracked the down tube if I went 100%. There's no question of that. If I really wanted to crack that down tube with my hands, it felt like that was possible. Also, I sold the bike, so I didn't want to do any damage to it. All right, like I, I didn't. I sold that brand new frame for five thousand Australian dollars. You know, sold it to a super rich guy with an AMG Mercedes, and he was really happy with the price. He, he, he saved 3500 bucks Aussie off the frame. It's brand new. So again, I, I gave it like a pretty light squeeze. You know, I didn't want to damage the frame. I didn't want to crack it. That'd be dumb, you know, for me. Um, but yeah, they're very, very fragile. But I've seen them crack and crashes, and they just they just shear in half. So, And hey, that makes sense. That's good for Specialized, because when you crash the bike, you no longer can claim warranty, because it's done. And you get insurance, and then Specialized gets to sell another bike. So it's very smart to make the bikes so, so thin that they just crack so easy. And now I've got a friend who will remain nameless. He is a professional bike mechanic, and he was, you know, is on teams here and there. As you know, I'll try not to mention too many details, but anyway, there's a very famous rider who rides an SL7. And he squeezed the down tube and he said it didn't flex. Uh, it was stiff as. So it, the pro riders are riding different SL7s than the consumer. And you can also see in the videos I've done about that showing some proof of that with the fork, how it has an alloy sleeve down glued into the steerer on Peter Sagan's bike. All right, Your average 
SL7 S-Works customer doesn't have that. So there's a different frame and fork what the pros get to what the customer gets. Yeah, I I think that was I, I can't remember fully, but I I think I remember he did, he gave it a pretty light squeeze, you know. I think it was a pretty like gentle squeeze, you know. But hey, he sells them like it makes sense for him to back up his product. He sells them like if if you're selling the bike selling multiple units of them you can't you can't get expect them to be totally honest with the review you know like that's it, it, like i mean I, I i sold my bike to people and i said hey look it's not as good as the rim brake one all right i had two of them i had two of them i shipped one to hong kong and i said look it's not as good as the rim brake bikes okay and they're like i don't care i just want sl7 and your price is the best sell it to me i said okay just letting you know it's not a performance bike you know i think their buckets are shit but I was honest with the, when I sold them, it was hard for me to sell them. It was very, very hard for me to sell them. Even though they were like out of stock in Australia, people didn't want to touch them because I was just being so honest. And people were like, is this guy trolling? Like, what's going on? Who's honest when they sell a bike? And the, you know, I am. But people did not to do with that. They thought I must be trolling. So yeah, no trolling. Uh, it, uh, today let's let's say I lost my bike today. You know, let's say it, it, it I just let's say I just got damaged, car crashed into it, written off. I had to buy a new bike today. I would look for a secondhand bike, a near new secondhand bike. I would get like a a Trekamonda, um, SL or SLR rim brake. Obviously, I'd get some. I'd get Windspace to send me some Windspace Hyper 33 rim brake wheels and I would find a SRAM Red or Dura Ace Group set mechanical to slap on there. And that's, that's what I'd do. And it'd cost me, you know, not much at all. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'd do. And if I had, let's say I had to go into a shop and buy one, I couldn't get one secondhand. I would still get the Windspace Hyper 33s and a DR2 Dura Ace Group set. And frame, what frame would we be getting? I'd probably get a Windspace, Windspace SLC rim brake bike sent out. Um, because the big brands, who does rim brake anymore? That's about it, no. Yeah. Is there a reason why you chose Shimano over Shrek? Um, I like the, it, my favorite group set for like racing and stuff would be DR2 Durace. It's just shifts so fast. You know, 10 speed, 11 speed, or 12 speed. Actually, no, not forget 12 speed. The chain snapped too easy. A 10 speed DR2 Durace or 11 speed DR2 Durace. Yeah, that's the fastest shifting. Second fastest shifting is SRAM Red or SRAM Force Mechanical. ETAP is not so much, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not so much of a fan of ETAP. It's, it's cool, it's good, but it's not, you know, not as, not as fast as DR2. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, SRAM gave me an ETAP group set a few years ago, and I'm very grateful for it. You know, I still use it. I'm not going to get rid of it. But if I had, if the the question is, what's the one bike you'd buy now if money's not an issue? Then it's got to be DR2 Durace 11 speed or 10 speed, because I I own both those group sets and they are very very fast shifting. So yeah. Next, next question. Uh, what would be the best bike? 
I haven't ridden the Elves bikes. I don't know them very well. I know of them, but the Trifox, I would say a Trifox X16. It's like an SL6 Tarmac copy. Um, it's great, man. It's a killer bike. Like I'm impressed with it. The, the Trifox X16, the only problem is, is the seat post can slip. So you need to put in some cricket bait tap, cricket, <laughs> cricket bait, cricket bat, bat tape, cricket bat tape to make it a bit more chunky so it doesn't slip or you can get some sandpaper and glue it on there and that will give it some more traction. But yeah, if I said to Trifox, you guys should just do a round seat post with a, a normal external clamp. You know, like what's this? Why are we doing these silly D-shaped seat tubes? You know, there's no point to that. And they're like, yeah, we'll think about it. I'm like, don't think about it. Like do it. Right? That's why I love the Windspace SLC because it's a round seat post. It's rim brake direct mount. You know, press fit BB86 works fine, you know, for me. So, yeah. But the, the LVs, I think LVs do around 27.2 seat posts. So that's great. I'm not sure how... I don't, is LVs the same price as Trifox? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's a big price. I think it's a big price. Yeah, I think the Trifox is the super budget. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next one. If this and electronic shifting is considered non-superior opinion, shall the bike industry stay um, disc disc is not disc is definitely disc road disc is definitely a downgrade. All right, if you're using 25 mil race tires, in you know, in my experience, in my professional experience, my personal experience, it is definitely a downgrade. Disc road discs downgrade. If you're using 32 mil tires in the mud, cyclocross, yeah, disc brakes cool. Yeah, but for road racing, disc brakes are dangerous because they lock up a 25mm tyre too easy. People are like, oh, well, I use a 30mm tyre at 70 PSI. And well, I don't. That's not road race PSI. That's not road race, you know. That's like Paris-Roubaix maybe. But even then, it's going to be dangerous if the, if the cobbles are wet because you'll be locking up too easy. Look at all the crashes in Paris-Roubaix this year because of the road disc, you know. I've been racing since 1997. Like, I've seen Paris-Roubaix up close. I've raced on cobbles in Belgium. There's no way I'd do it with disc. It's just sketchy as... Um, so the the electric shifting is great, you know. Like DI2s is fantastic. It's expensive. It's overpriced. It's a joke how much it costs. Um, should the bike industry stay sag stagnant? No, we should make shit cheaper. You know, like the profit margins is insane. Like these things don't cost more than a motorbike to make. Why does a a seven kilo bike cost double the price of a Kawasaki? You know, like how does that work? That's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like look like. Yeah. Like, I go into a bike shop and I pick up a, a Pinarello Dogma disc brake bike or whatever it is called these days. You know, like, how, how, or let's go, let's, let's pick on Specialized again. <laughs> S-Works SL7 Tarmac. In Australia, it's like 20,000 bucks. Or the S-Works Epic mountain bike, about 20,000 bucks Aussie. I go to my Honda dealer or Kawasaki or Suzuki dealer. I can get a brand new motorbike. And I can pick up those S-Works bikes, put them above my head. They're super light. I can't pick up a motorbike and put it above my head. Who can even do that? How does the materials cost less for the... Mo it doesn't. It's, it's a joke. The cycling industry is bullshit like that. I don't like that part of it. And of course, yeah, we're all in business. We're all going to make money. But how greedy are we trying to get? Are we trying to... You know, what's, what's going on, man? Are we trying to get more people on bikes? Or are we trying to get more money in our bank account? Well, what's going on? You know, like, there's got to be a balance point there. So that it, I think the prices we're charging is bullshit. Cycling is a very important sport to have. Like, we can ride our bikes to work. The more people who ride bikes, the community's safer, it's better, okay? 
we need to make cycling be we need to make cycling cheaper versus more expensive and elitist and exclusive yes it's great that we have high-end stuff for the barristers and the politicians and the celebrities and, and that gives cycling clout okay don't change that but let's make the entry-level product actually fucking good like why is trek putting shitty brakes on their rim brake bike still trek ditch all your shitty rim brakes and put on the shimano rim brakes all right I remember a girl riding the other, a few years ago, she was riding a brand new Trek rim brake bike coming down the hill, first time ever, her brakes failed because her pads were so new, they glazed over, they were just these shitty non-branded rim caliper brakes. And she, was, she flew past me and said, my brakes have failed. So I flew after her, grabbed her by the jersey and applied my rim brakes, pulled her up, no worries. And she was like, you saved my life. I was like, yeah, cool. And then a few weeks later, she's trashing me online. <laughs> um, literally. But you know, anyway, but the, I was just thinking, why the fuck? And I said, look, come to my house tonight and I'll sell you some 105 rim brake bikes, rim brake, rim brakes. You know? And we put some rim brakes on her bike, some Shimano 105, and she's like, this has worked so much better. I was just thinking, why the fuck is, why is Trek putting these shitty brakes on their bikes? You know? Because they want to sell disc brakes. You know? it's, it's bullshit, man. So I think that's wrong. We've got to change that. You know, um, so what should the industry do instead is just make better product, man. Not different product, not worse product, not downgrade. Just put better quality spec on the cheaper bikes so we get more people into cycling versus people buying a bike. The brakes are absolutely shit or the brakes are really good, but now it's got disc brakes and it's super heavy and the wheels lock up too good, too easy. And then people crash and they're like, I don't like cycling. Cycling sucks. Cycling's dangerous. Cycling's already dangerous enough as it is with all the traffic we've got to deal with. Let's make it easy for people to get onto cycling. And that's why I do the videos I do. I tell people, this is, you can get a $500 superbike, you know, from, from Trek in the old days, you know. So that's what, I, that's what I do, the videos I do. I miss out on so much money. I, I miss out on over 100 grand a year or more from sponsorship deals from certain brands who would want me to promote their product, you know, or sell certain things. And I'm like, no thanks. You know, I want to, I'm here for the noob, right? The noobs is who I'm here for. Because I was a noob back in 1997. And people told me the truth about bikes and what to get, you know, so I pay it forward and I'll, I'll never change. Even if I'm dead broke, I'll never sell out to the, to the big dollar industries. I'm, I'm here to just be the person, it be the change you want to see. I'm, I'm here to be that change. Well, well said. Uh, okay, we've got just one more last question. This is not even related to bikes. I will have to contact you question. If you could give me some contact. So this is a submitted, obviously, by either your, your follower or my follower. The last question is kind of personal. Um, why are you a crybaby and a liar in court? I have no idea for you just enlighten me what's this about. I need I need more context to that one, you know? I need more context to that one. Um if that person can provide more context, I think I think it's relating to the guy who assaulted me the first time and he got off because my witness uh, Grifford flaked out on me. And there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute, but the same guy now, he does have a criminal conviction for assault causing harm, you know, against me. And that's the guy who, who gave me the spinal cord injury. So, yeah, that's the deal there. So, you know, so if I if I'm a liar in court, then how come that guy has a criminal conviction against his name? So, and <laughs> get that to put that on his website. He doesn't do that, does he? Actually, no, he does. No, he actually he does. He sorry, I'll take that back he does admit on his website he now has a criminal conviction 
for attacking me from behind with no chance to defend myself and putting me into the ground. And I was wearing cycling shoes, etc. So he does have a criminal conviction for that. And hey, I don't hate the guy. Um, you know, he, he just tries to get clout off my name and he's, you know, I don't know. I, I feel sorry for him, man. But I got, again, I got no hate for him at all. I feel sorry for the dude. You know, he obviously really likes me and he wants to get some attention from me. And if, if that means grabbing me from behind and thrusting his hips into me and then put me on the ground or whatever and then getting on top and screaming at me, I, I, yeah, some, that's some love there. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's the deal. But that's the, I think that question is in reference to that one. <laughs> but hey, if I am a liar in court, then I would be charged with contempt of court. But I don't have any court charges of contempt of court. So again, it's just trolls trying to start up drama between me and certain people. And hey, I got no hate for any of my trolls out there. I got no hate for the guy who attacked me from behind, you know, a coward attack and gave me no chance to defend myself and you know knocked me out and stuff like that. I got, I got no hate for these people. They they're obviously you know, they're obviously yeah. in, a, in a tough place, all right? So I tell people, don't have hate for people. I know people have, some people have maybe some hate for me or jealousy or they, they want to see me get all razzed up, but, you know, it, it doesn't work, you know? It doesn't work, so it's... um. But again, I, the universe gives me situations, it puts me in situations to, to become a better man and I'll answer any single question out there. I don't know anyone out there. I don't know any of my critics... Who ask these? Who would answer any question publicly? And they even write this stuff anonymously. All right. So, if you if you want to, you know, if you want to say you're better than me, then come and challenge me to a live debate and uh, go from there. But anyway, that's just that's just a little rant. But again, no no hate to anyone. Honestly, no hate. Uh, well, just Google my name up. You know, Google up my name and you'll see people trying to stir, stir up drama and make up any claim. I'm a rapist. I'm a pedo. I'm a murderer. I'm a drug dealer. I work with the mafia. You know, I'm like in the Thai mafia. I'm a, you know, I'm like a, <laughs> I bash people because I'm elite kickboxing. Yeah, I am a kickboxer. And I, I don't bash people though. Maybe in the ring, but that's about it. But you know, like the people make up any shit, you know, so it, they make up websites about me. Like people spend big money to crank up Google SEO and shit. Like, have a, have a look. I find it all, like, a compliment. You know, people actually, like, think about me that highly that they want to get my attention by creating drama and, you know, some sexual tension or whatever. I don't know. That, if, if you don't have haters, you don't have an audience, all right? If you're simple as that, like, if, if people aren't making content about you, then you're, you haven't reached your potential online yet you just haven't so the day i wake up and there's nobody hating on me then i'm i feel like a loser honestly i would honestly feel like a loser like no one cares anymore about me to hate on me to or to give me audience like if you it's just, it's just how it is like if you're getting an audience people loving you you're going to get people who are jealous or you get people who want to get some attention from you, and the only the only way they know how to get attention from you is to create drama. All right, I call these guys feminine men. All right, they're not real men. They're not like, you know, like hey, let's let's talk on the phone. Let's have a real conversation. They, I, I give these guys my phone number. I message people say, hey, look, call me. What's, what's your problem, bro? You, you, you want an apology? What, what's up, man? Call me. They, they never call me. All right, 
They just go crazy. They scream and they rant and they just say, rah, 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 rah. and I'm just like, far out, you know. So I don't have any hate for them, you know, but uh, don't have hate for the haters. Like I'm writing another book at the moment about that and uh, also a chapter about that. The haters, love your haters. Like, I love my haters. Like, you know, I really think that they're some of my best teachers. And if you're going to bed each night with hate towards people or whatever, or I mean, it, it, like the only time you can have hate for someone is maybe on a climb. You know, for a bit of fire, a bit of pizzazz, a bit of a battle. But then that's just the climb. You know, or maybe you're in the ring and you're sparring. And But even then, it's like hate is is not a good energy to hold on too much. It makes you look stressed out. It makes you age quick in a bad way. It's, it's not good for your health. You know, if it's just it's okay to feel it, but don't let it sit too long in you. All right? It's not about denying hate and anger, but it's about feeling it and going, is this really worthwhile? All right. If I'm on my deathbed, do I want to be full of hate or full of love and good memories? You know, like, because life's short, man. Like, you could be dead. Like, that, the guy who picked me up and slammed me into the concrete, the doctor said, dude, we don't know how you're not in a quad, you're quadriplegic. Like, you, you, are, you should get a lottery ticket. Like, I have some severe spinal damage from that guy picking me up and slamming me into the concrete head first. The guy who has a criminal conviction. The guy who has websites about me and articles about me. You, you Google my name up. And you'll come across his stuff. Like, and he's just, he writes with passion. It would take him probably 20 hours to do a blog post about me. Well, that's, that's some serious passion, you know? So, you know, that, so if you don't have people doing that, then you're, you're not really influencing many people, all right? So that's how I judge my influence is when the haters are gone, I, I'm gone. I'm gone. Right? If the haters aren't there, it means I'm gone. I'm irrelevant. And I, would, I hate... I would hate to be irrelevant because my goal is to help people. And if I don't have haters, I'm irrelevant. Simple as that. And, and my bottom line goal, why I do this, it's not for the money. I'm, I'm good for money the rest of my life. I never have to work ever again. Um, I only sell my product because people value what's paid for. But, you know, like this is what I get joy out of, you know, doing interviews or whatever and, and doing this content, you know, creating content that helps people help themselves, make the, be- make the planet a better place. So, oh. yeah. 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 No worries, man. I appreciate it. If uh, any more questions, we'll do a follow up. Any questions? If people wanted to have me on their podcast, they can hit me up, DM me on Instagram. Any, I, 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 I'm the person out there who answer any questions. Um, because I just, yeah, I love being transparent with things, especially on on topics of. What's on my YouTube video? Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about other people as much, you know. Um, but if people have questions about me and, and what I talk about online, then yeah, for sure, we'll, we'll go any question on that for sure, for sure. All right. Awesome. Uh, I think it's a here. All right. All right. I'll press pause here.